we're giving kids their first taste of coding, of technology. We're building their confidence. We're you know, letting them see technology as a creative outlet and a means to change the world. And then they're really taking it from there um, to pursue whatever it is that they're passionate about. That's Laura Plant talking about the impact that Ladies Learning Code is having on women and children across Canada. Ladies Learning Code is a nonprofit she helped co-found five years ago, but her partner, Melissa Sarafadine, does a better job describing it than I can. Yeah, so we're a national not-for-profit organization. We're in 25 uh, cities across the country and counting in Canada. So we run programs across the country for women and youth to learn beginner-friendly technical skills, coding, design, you name it, um, and to really allow them to be confident builders and not just consumers of technology. And welcome to the Impact Podcast. I'm John Pryor. Here at Georgian Partners, we believe that it's important to get underrepresented people into tech jobs. And with less than 25% of today's computer science graduates and professionals being women, there's still a lot of work to be done. Ladies Learning Code is a great organization that's doing a tremendous job to help close this gap. Georgian Partners has been supporting them for a number of years. In fact, our founder and managing director, Justin Lafayette, sits on their board. In this episode, our own Steve Lytell sits down for a chat with two of the founders of Ladies Learning Code. We hope you'll enjoy learning more about the great work Ladies Learning Code is doing and that you'll join us in supporting this important cause. Too. When we first started, we didn't even recognize there was this woman in tech problem, so to speak. Right. Not, not to the extent. Not to the extent that we learned there is. Sure, or that women were so underrepresented. I think that first workshop we ran in August, I think it sold out in like six minutes, that first one. The second one we ran in September sold out in 30 seconds. And it was like really quick that we realized, hey, there was this need for what we're doing. Right. And then it just snowballed from there. Um, but yeah, when we started out, we didn't even realize like the magnitude of, of what we were trying to accomplish. So I love this idea of uh, and the problem you address um, of not just being consumers, of technology, but really being able to understand what's behind that. Having young boys, myself, 10 and seven, uh, now they're starting to code and they're going to do the program this year. Um, but what we found is that women design and experience UIs differently in the layout differently than males might. And so if you've got mostly males on the back end of that doing the coding, you're really missing out on um, a perhaps better way to lay things out and do the graphical design, but also how the audience, you know, even as businesses, are you designing really what the audience wants? Is that something that's real? And yeah, definitely. I was reading a report not that long ago. I wrote a blog post about it actually on our site, but women are like the number one um, consumer of everything really that exists out there. Like they're, they're buying more than men are. And so I think it's interesting when you look at half the population's women, but the technology that more than half or half the population is buying isn't built by that population. I feel like there's this disconnect there, right? For sure. So for us, it's really about making sure that the technology that we use every day is built by a group or at least contributed to um, by a group that's as representative as that using it. You know, how can you start to solve the problems that are unique to women if women are involved right. in the creation of those problems? So I think that's really the big thing is like getting more women into building the technology we use so it can better solve problems that are unique to women. Diverse teams, you know, outperform non-diverse teams. So having more women right. in tech right. 
in these teams means, you know, you're going to have more um, better outputs, I guess, and better um, solutions to problems. So I think that's exactly yeah. it. Well, I mean, we experienced that. Some of the team here, as you know, um, we're at a, a company called DWL, a software company in Toronto. And we had a really hard time hiring women, not because we wanted sort of proportional representation, but mm-hmm. for that reason that you yeah. laid out, Mel, is you, you just get better collaboration, yeah. better input, and better product in yeah. the end by doing that. Having said all that, it's not just women or ladies anymore, is it? It's, it's, it's kids in general, you've got boys. So how did that Evolved. Yeah, as we um, as we got going and we really defined what our mission was going to be, um, which you know we kind of did in conjunction with getting to know our partners and our sponsors and, and technology companies who really are seeing the value in, in gender diversity as well as diversity in general in their technical teams. Um, and then we kind of get at the same time getting to know our adult participants and why they were coming to our workshops. A lot, a lot of them, and this was very, you know, like myself, why I wanted to start to, to learn coding and other technical skills was because the, these skills are relevant in so many different jobs and so many different careers and, and industries, marketing, sales, journalism, entrepreneurship. So a lot of our participants who come to Ladies Learning Code aren't necessarily taking that first step to becoming a developer, um, but they're, you know, needing these skills for other reasons. Some of them are definitely taking that first step and have gone on to pursue uh, technical careers. But we really realized if we wanted to have an impact on increasing diversity in the the technical candidate pool, uh, encouraging more women to pursue computer science as an educational path, we needed to start working with kids and girls in particular. So it was about nine months after we started Ladies Learning Code, we launched Girls Learning Code um, with a one-week March break webmakers camp for 40 girls between the ages of 8 and 13. Um, and that was a really um, an amazing week. Uh, we did that, kind of making it up as, as we went along. Um, and we're really impressed with the, with the girls and inspired by what they could learn in such a short period of time and um, seeing how their attitudes toward technology changed in just that, that five days mm-hmm. that we spent with them. And um, since then, that's been my focus uh, within the organization is just building our, our youth uh, initiatives through workshops, clubs, camps. And um, it's, it's really inspiring because we're at the point now where after four years, we're seeing a, a lot of uh, campers who attended that first camp or or the, our first summer camp now coming back as volunteers right. and helping at our um, our upcoming camps to kind of pass those skills back to the girls. So to, to me, that's um, definitely a measure of success in our program stuff. Yeah. And so you're five years into it. So you're starting to now see them come back as mentors. Mm-hmm. Has it not been going long enough to start to see which ones have gone on to STEM careers? Um, We're just getting to that point right now. Um, In fact, there's one girl in particular who attended our very first uh, Girls Learning Code camp back in March of 2012, who went on to achieve a scholarship to a university-level computer science course that she took throughout high school. And she's now um, going into her post-secondary education with focus on computer science this coming September. And she's also coming back to volunteer at her upcoming March break camp for kids. So uh, we're really just getting to that point now. um, And it's definitely hugely motivating for Mel and I who've been, you know, kind of plugging away at this for the past four and a half years now to start to see um, some of the young girls starting to really confidently and, um, you know, with a lot of excitement and... uh, 
So having spent some time <clears throat> with you guys over the years, and um, Justin um, is on the board from Georgia, and you've got Ben from Haba, I think Shelby from Deloitte, Julia from KPMG, and then and then you ladies, the founders. Um, I've met very few groups with as much energy and raw horsepower and creativity. So how do you find you're have to throttle back to say, okay, we have to stick to, you know, the, the younger kids or is there a gap when we hand them off between, because really you're, you are dealing with the ones I think typically pre high school mm-hmm. and you can get them jazzed about it as they go in high school, but then do you worry that then they just kind of go off in mm-hmm. other areas before they go into the post-secondary? Yeah, that's actually a really great question. We've struggled over the years to engage teens in particular. We've, we've tried several different approaches and program types to engage teens, um, some with more success than others, but it's definitely been a challenge. Um, we're actually finding more success now than ever before. Um, after last year, recognizing that the majority of our summer volunteers were, teenage, were teenagers and a lot of them teenage girls. And so we kind of decided that that was a good way to engage that group. So we actually have teens participate in our programs and learn alongside the kids through a leadership um, approach. So they're supporting the kids with their projects and their, um, you know, what they're learning and helping to engage them, but they're learning all of these things as well. And they're staying engaged in um, tech education. We also have a new um, totally free membership-based teen club program um, that's very driven by a group of teenage girls. And we have a program lead as well uh, running that. And we're providing them lots of opportunities to learn these technical skills, but also get insight into the tech industry co-op opportunities um you know networking and industry related um, events and we're finding um, like i said more success now than we ever have before engaging that demographic because i think it's a critical demographic and it's definitely um you know not a a time that we want to start losing engagement with the the girls that we've um you know that we've built up that with through our Girls Learning right. Code program. So it's definitely important. Mm-hmm. We also have engaged them through our Ladies Learning Code adult workshops as well. Um, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. definitely a big part of my current focus and, right. and our mission. Yeah. It's interesting because girls um, and, and teenage girls, like they're, they're social, they're collaborative, and they, you know, when we first ran team workshops, we'd run them for boys and girls, and the boys' thoughts would fill up instantly. Mm-hmm. And girls, like, where are all the girls? Like, they're in our 8 to 12 or 8 to 13-year-old programs, and we couldn't figure that out. And it was through this teen clubs program, through brainstorming sessions, ideating with the girls, the teen girls specifically, that we started to, like, drill in on what exactly they're looking for. And it's, you know, purpose-driven, philanthropic, mm-hmm. it's social. Like, you have to tie everything back to this, like, right. social environment. They want to come out, they want to have fun, they want to do something that's going to make a difference. And so building a program that's very directed by them, but also focuses on those things that are so um, appealing to teenage girls, I think is the important thing. They also really want to see and feel why they're learning these tech skills. So, you know, running a series of workshops for teens is not engaging enough. They need to go out to the tech companies um, and meet with people. They need to attend industry events. They need to um, you know, get tours of tech companies and those types of experiences that then when, you know, it's motivating for them to sign up for more of a technology uh, workshop or learning to code. Um, they really need to see why or how does this fit into my path and my plans for myself. Yeah. And their life and their interests, right? Like mm-hmm. music and fashion and art and design and technology, you know, like Laura mentioned at the very beginning, it spreads so many industries, so many things. Like there's nothing really you could name that I don't think would 
touch technology, mm-hmm. right? So just trying to draw that connection between what they already love and how they can use technology to further express or, um, you know, further their mission and their goal, right? I think is the key thing is like drawing mm-hmm. those parallels for them is, is really important. So are you starting to try and give them that exposure through the program um, by bringing in um, folks from different roles within tech companies? Yeah, so we've um, we just started piloting this program this past fall. Um, and some of the things that we've done have uh, been to attend um, industry events like Product Hunt, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done... Uh, gone into tech companies and they put together panels of female technologists that the girls have then been able to interact with and ask questions. Um, We'll bring in industry experts to lead sessions so that they're making that connection to the real world. Um, And then linking it back to um, volunteering to our, um, within our, within our youth programs. Volunteerism is something that they really value as well. Um, So providing them tech-based volunteer opportunities is a, is a great way to engage them. So talk a little bit about how hard or not hard, but I suspect hard Mm -hmm. this has been really, you guys, it's a startup, right? And it has all parts of that from Mm -hmm. funding, finance, marketing, um, you know, feedback from your user group, we'll yeah. call it. So what surprised you about what's been challenging and maybe you might even touch on what some of the personal rewards that you guys are pulling out of it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, on the outset, we've been, I think, pretty lucky just in how much the community has rallied. And I think that just goes to underscore the importance of what we're doing. So across the country, we have, you know, every program we run, there's one volunteer for every four learners. And we said first workshop, we're never going to be able to keep this up. And knock on wood, so far, that is the first ticket type that goes sells out. So we have tons and tons of volunteers across the country who want to support our programs that we're super, super thankful for um, and we can never do it without them but and, and so we've been lucky in that way we've been lucky um, and fortunate that the community has supported us in social media and things like that but the challenging things really come down to you know funding um, and trying to keep a ship afloat and and also this industry is so innovative and constantly changing we have to constantly be doing new things revising programs content um, and keeping on top of our toes And then also, nobody's really done this before. So trying to figure out what exactly it is that our community needs. Um, For me personally, though, I spend, you know, an hour at a workshop and I'm re-energized. You know, you spend all this time, like, nose down, trying to find money, trying to not spend money, trying to find, you know, all of these pieces in place. But then you just go into a program, you see these kids, these women, you hear those aha moments, and then it's like, it's all worth it. You know, um, it's easy to get excited about the stuff that we're doing um, and to keep doing this stuff when you see that impact firsthand. Is there like a corporate mantra? Yeah. I don't know if you want to call it corporate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think the overarching goal for us is to teach 200,000 Canadian women and youth to code by 2020. So that's like our big, our big goal, um, big metric. It's, it's more than just a number. Um, you know, the idea is for us to like think big and kind of push the boundaries. And, and it's that kind of overarching goal that led to our most recent initiative with Microsoft, which is the Codemobile. Right. So this summer we'll be driving a truck, a, co- a computer lab on wheels across the country, um, teaching, you know, hopefully 10, 15,000 kids to code. That's our goal. Um, so it's things like that, that are, you know, 
our, our driving force, which is how can we expose a substantial part of the Canadian population to this stuff and teach them um, from that goal. And another big one is kind of scalability of our programs. So we do um, workshops and, and camps and activities in multiple cities across the country. But, you know, we have to find the kids, bring them to us. They're an extracurricular activity. So how can we scale that? How can we get technology in the classroom, for example? Um, so we're working on another program, Code Clubs of Scotiabank, to um, give non-technical educators the resources that they need to teach this stuff in the classroom. Um, because, you know, you could get 200,000 kids learning to code if you just work with the Ontario school board, right? right? Yeah. And so that's another big goal for us. It's like, how do we get that reach? Um, and then the next goal will be the depth of that. But for now, it's like, how do we expose and teach as many people as broadly as we can to this stuff? Um, you know, extracurricularly or in, in the classroom as well. And that's really what's been driving us the last couple of years. Yeah, it will really come down to empowering um, non-technical, formal, and informal educators to um, to have the confidence to expose their kids to coding because right. there are many educators and parents out there that really recognize that this is a gap and that there's a lot of value in this, but they don't know where to begin. And, and really, that's where we come in because we've been doing a lot of trial and error over the last uh, four and a half years. And so we're really at the point now where we want to do what we can to support those, you know, many, many individuals across the country who want to be a part of this and, uh, and you know, have access to communities of kids. Yeah. So <clears throat> Code Mobile obviously gives you the physicality of being yeah. able to go across the country. Is there also a socioeconomic thing here where you're trying to get into community communities that, you know, yeah don't have access right now? Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, we there's a lot of communities that we haven't worked with. Um, you know, Aboriginal communities is a perfect example where they don't have the technology um, available to them to even run a program. Like, we couldn't even go on site. They don't have computers for, for everyone. So the Codemobile is the, the big goal for that is to go to those places that don't have this access or technology to go to the most remote communities you know um, across the country and, and to be able to provide these workshops that's a huge factor for us um, when our road trip's done we'll then have this you know co-mobile in, in the greater Toronto area and, and our goal is to start to work with some of these other under-resourced communities bringing the technology to them so removing those barriers to access um, and to be able to again anyone can have um, a workshop you don't need the technology we're going to bring that to you i think that's really really key for this yeah yeah and can i suggest that you also sell poutine out of the i know i just can't fit it all in i definitely <laughs> i definitely thought about <laughs> um if we go back to the ladies that you focus on is there um specific demographic there you talked about you know some of them are kind of in the industry or want to move into the industry have you noticed there's a specific trend to either age groups or what they do for a living or yeah, our average learner on the adult side is 27 um, in marketing, communications, journalism, tech companies, but not tech roles. That's like, at least in the last three or four years, has been our kind of average uh, learner. Um, but it's so diverse. So yeah, very, very diverse. Um, you know, we've had learners young learners as young as six and then we have you know seven-year-old women who come out and, and we have a lot of men more and more who come out to our workshops as well. Um, 
So there's a lot, there's a lot of diversity there. Um, I think the key thing though, for most of our learners on the adult side is that they want these skills to enhance their current like jobs or environment or looking to get back into um, the workforce. Um, so that's kind of the interesting thing is that technology again, in, in this day and age touches so much that, you know, as a marketer having, you know, some HTML and CSS knowledge is going to allow you to take on this increased responsibility at work. You're not waiting for a developer. You can communicate better with your teams. So I think it's valuable skills, upskilling is what we call it for, um, you know, almost every industry out there. And that's what we're seeing. I think the, um, accessibility of our, of our workshops has also, um, made like increase the diversity of the, the people that come out you know for $55 uh, to come and learn for a whole day and we'll give you coffee as well as lunch it's it makes it very accessible for people and um, we've made it it's been really important to us since the beginning to keep our programs really accessible um, you know obviously that lends itself to the importance of our sponsors and our partners to kind of maintain right. that um, but that's been you know fundamentally really important to us since day one. Yeah. Outside of your 2020 goal, yeah. um, is there a thought that success is where we don't need ladies learning code anymore? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's one of those interesting things where we are working to build this organization that maybe one day doesn't exist in the same way or exists in a different way. Um, you know, I think for us, success as an organization is really in, is two things. It's increasing women's confidence with technology and then inspiring more people to pursue technology. So I think well, there will always be room for technology education, um, you know, as we go ahead. But I think seeing that gender gap closed would be really, really awesome for us. And, um, you know, maybe we are, you know, still offering this program, but it's just in a different, a different way. And our mission will evolve, which I think is the ideal situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. We are kind of writing ourselves out of our own book. It'll it'll, it'll evolve into something else. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Beyond the poutine track. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Totally. So you guys are nearly five years into this. You've got amazing momentum. You've got tons of people involved. How can people learn more and how can people help? That's a good question. Yeah, we've been really, really fortunate to have uh, lots of support um, from the private sector. So organizations like TELUS and Georgian Partners, Google, Microsoft. Um, we're definitely looking to work with across all sectors um, as we move forward, trying to get you know school boards involved. But you know anyone can can contribute in a lot of different ways, whether it's volunteering, sponsoring, um, more recently requesting a co-mobile visit. Laura, if you want to talk a bit more about that. Sure. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, our co-mobiles crossing the country this summer. And we're really wanting to take that uh, tour to more remote um, remote towns and, and cities. We'll be hitting up all of our chapters across the country, but um, you know, really want to kind of go off the beaten path. And it, this is a very donation-driven tour this summer. So um, people could help by connecting us with their local schools, community centers, youth groups, um, and, and sponsoring the Comobile to come to their, um, their communities. Uh, more programs we can run and the more kids we can reach this summer, the better. Definitely. Everything is on our website, ladieslearningco.com. You can access any of our uh, big, bold initiatives there or get in touch to sponsor a workshop in your community, sponsor the organization more nationally, um, you know, request a visit from the Code Mobile, any of that stuff's on our website. Well, thank you so much, thank Laura you. and Mel. Thank you. We think it's amazing what you guys uh, are doing and uh, we look forward to staying involved.